Welcome to Apple at Work, a podcast at the intersection of technology, Apple, and all things education, healthcare, and business. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. Back for the first episode of 2023 is Tom Bridge from Jump Cloud. Tom, Happy New Year. Bradley, Happy New Year. It's so great to be with you. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful holiday break. It's great to start the new year with you. You know, never thought we'd be in 2023. Like, I, I think for me, um, this kind of marks like 20 years of like, I guess, adulthood for me. Um, I graduated high school in like '02, 2 So like we just had our 20 year reunion. Um, you went to that last year and, and it's like, you know, you're just, you're starting to, I'm starting to actually what the weird thing for me is with technology. I'm starting to see like trends repeat themselves of like things mm. that happened in like the 90, late nineties, early two thousands. I'm starting to like see those again, trend wise. And it, it is, um, and I know people that probably were alive or like, you know, working in the seventies, eighties are like, yeah, we, we know that we have told you that before, but like <laughs> it, 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 there is a benefit to like kind of watching these cycles repeat themselves. Um, uh, with technology and I don't know, I think it's fun. Uh, I like, I like, I like, uh, I kind of like not being, uh, the young guy anymore and, and being a little bit older, it's kind of <laughs> nice, but, uh, you know, nevertheless, um, so first episode of the new year, uh, we are in this like halfway point in, in Apple software cycle. And, um, right. before long, we will start to hear about, um, you know, iOS 17 and, and, uh, someone said, Hey, make a prediction for Apple this year. And I was like, they'll release iOS 17. Uh, safe bet, safe bet. Well, and you do even wonder like at some point, like they did with, um, like with Mac OS, do they just like move away from numbers? Um, but uh, you know, that, that, that maybe when we get to 20, uh, they may do iOS 20 and then do it. Um, but to start the show for the new year, we wanted to kind of run through some predictions that you and I had. Uh, I have four, you have four. Uh, and since you're the guest, I will let you start with your first prediction. Well, I think the, the, the first of the ones that I want, really want to talk about is, you know, we've, we had that bolus of news towards the end of last year around uh, third-party application stores for iOS platforms. I mean, obviously, third-party apps are no stranger to the macOS environment, and as long as they're signed by a developer ID certificate, uh, you can produce anything on you, that you want and put it on your Mac. Uh, that may be coming to iOS as part of the uh, Direct Markets Act, uh, which is a piece of EU legislation that really opens the door for you know new platforms of software deployment for Apple. Um, and it's a scary environment, you know, and I think that Apple will have to, as part of that process, provide MDM or DDM hooks for, you know, requirements uh, around those particular, uh, you know, stores so that, you know, enterprise organizations can say, hey, no, the only thing that I want to install on here is either stuff that I bought through the app store, through Apple's, you know, custom applications B2B store, or through the, uh, you know, the common app store here, because those are what are considered to be safe code. I certainly wouldn't want to trust a corporate device with access to my key company data um, to an app that my user found on the internet and sideloaded somehow. Uh, I certainly think that Apple has to, as part of that process, uh, provide hooks into the corporate uh, management infrastructures available as part of that plan. Uh, that's that's a good word. And, and on the flip side of that is what will be weird is when you could theoretically, as a company, download an app. Let me just throw out a company example, Salesforce. Maybe sure. you, you download Salesforce from their website, upload it to your MDM and push it out. And it's, you know, it doesn't go through a uh, volume purchase program. I mean, I, I don't know, again, I guess today, I don't know the reason you do that. Um, but right. it, there, you know, it's like kind of like the ability to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, the only reason I can really think of to do to that, like, you know, faster updates, you, you could not have to wait on the Apple review. Of course, that, that doesn't seem to be the, um, 
slowdown as it used to be. Uh, but no, that's that's oh, I think sure. that's a great point. I mean, I definitely can see the benefit here for enterprise, uh, you know, a world where essentially as an enterprise organization, you might be able to do some better sideloading of, you know, custom in-house applications that don't need to go through app store review. Um, obviously, there are the B2B programs. There are such things as unlisted applications on the public app store. You know, there are all sorts of things that you can do with iOS devices thanks to Apple's flexibility. Um, it hasn't been enough because Apple's been so protective of their um, their their dollar share as part of that process, claiming 30% of the first year of any subscription or 30% of any purchase price uh, with a, a reduction to 15%. I wonder if they might have been able to prevent this kind of legislation by taking a smaller cut over time. And I certainly can see this complicating the lives of every Apple admin out there uh, just based on you know having to make these kind of harder choices on what app is the right app to use and how do I make sure that they only the right apps have access to the data that I care about yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see how like I think in the next couple years we won't know that this year how this all plays out Um, there's a lot of benefits to the app store model for IT admins but then there's also a little bit of lock-in and you see kind of sometimes that like the things that MDM vendors have had to build they've built their own app catalogs because on the Mac side for example so much is not in the app store Um, and I it, it'll be it'll remain to be seen what is the first big application um, that 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 does you know especially in the enterprise side like that does come to side loading and like that people actually deploy and that's actually my first prediction is that m- massive side loading will start in the enterprise. Um, I don't know the application type. I don't know what it'll be, but I think there will be some company that says. Um, like, hey, we have a better version of our app that it's updated faster that doesn't have to go to the app store. Uh, download it from, from our website. and Or maybe it's some sort of customized application. So if you're company B and you... Um, you know, use again, Salesforce is just an easy example. Like you, Salesforce gives you a customized application to deploy your devices. That is, you know, company A Salesforce account that maybe has some things preset. Maybe it's more customized to your experience. I don't know, sure. but I think that's my first prediction is some side loading uh, starts in the enterprise and is, is heavy, heavy use case there. Awesome. I mean, I definitely can see the possibility there. Uh, you know, it certainly it represents a huge amount of work for uh, the sales forces of the world if they want to produce per customer, per application uh, binaries that the, the, the amount of build time that we're talking about um, gr- may eclipse the app review process in a lot of cases, especially for organizations that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers over time. So certainly expect it not to come for free uh, if that's going to be how it works. I will say to to add on to your point, thirty percent. Um, you know, at ten years ago or fifteen years ago, whenever the or fourteen years ago, whenever the apps were launched, that seemed fair. Um, it just doesn't seem fair today. Um, credit card fees oh, are not thirty are not nearly thirty percent. Hosting costs are not nearly thirty percent. Um, to me, it, to, to me, a five to ten percent um, cut sounds way way better. Um, but you know, that's that's you know, here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, so what is your next prediction? So if we look at where Apple ended last year, you know, I think that the uh, you know we ha- we saw some improvements. Uh, last year in the re, uh, release of user enrollment for BYOD devices, uh, which is a very lightweight MDM experience for end users so that you can comfortably enroll your uh, personal device in your company's MDM in order to receive apps 
and you know other useful information. I think that experience needs to continue to grow and get better. Um, and I think that Apple needs to provide some additional payloads for the MDM specification in user enrollment configuration. Here on the macOS side of the house, they absolutely need to provide support for FileVault. Uh, they currently do not. You cannot guarantee that a uh, BYOD device is encrypted today. Now, obviously, Apple wants to make sure that, you know, this is done in a sensible way where maybe the company doesn't hold the escrow key uh, and they need to make sure that the ad, that the end user of the machine has that escrow key. Uh, but I certainly think that the, uh, you know, the Wizards of Cupertino can make that happen. Um, it would certainly make the, uh, the idea of user enrollment for macOS a lot more palatable for organizations that, you know, are not necessarily interested in owning the entire hardware stack for their end users uh, who are out in the field and who want to be able to offer platform and computer choice to end users saying, hey, just BYO, you know, bring your own computer. We can handle it. Windows, Mac, we're all in the business. We can handle this stuff. And they need to have support for that and for the firewall as part of user enrollment. And I'm hopeful that that's on their roadmap for, uh, you know, Apple ID, or excuse me, for user enrollment uh, of BYOD devices into macOS MDMs. My next prediction is that Apple launches a new hardware subscription slash leasing program to the enterprise. You see, we've seen dabbles of this. Like I think Best Buy did something. Apple, I think, had something through a third party. Sure. Um, I think there is – I've always been a believer in that a lot of businesses just prefer an OPEX model for technology. And if if they can say, look, we're going to refresh your entire you – know, you're going to basically pay a hardware subscription. It's going to include Apple Care, which is glorious for Apple's margins uh, if Apple mm-hmm. Care is included. Going to do a two-year lease. Um, you know, two years are up. You can pick out new models, you know, comparable, and you know, leasing plan stays the same, et cetera. Apple gets to take those machines back resell them as Apple refurbished or they can, you know, just, you know, sell them through other means. Um, I don't think people realize, you know, as businesses refresh, if they send those back to Apple, how much revenue Apple can derive from those secondhand resales. Um, that, that is just not, it isn't, that is a decent amount of money that Apple can bring. So again, I think they'll see some sort of subscription hardware plan for the enterprise. I would not be shocked to see that, you know, piggyback off of the Apple Business Essentials model that they've currently provided, which supports, you know, a new version of Apple Care Plus, um, you know, for devices in uh, purchased that way by a company. It would not shock me in the slightest if those two things were directly and inextricably linked. So, you know, there's a possibility there that you could, you know, know, lease a computer directly from Apple that will essentially at that point enroll in Apple Business Essentials, derive policies from Apple Business Essentials, and come with the kind of shared Apple Care experience, not to mention the Apple Care, or excuse me, the iCloud features that uh, Apple Business Essentials comes with, uh, including additional shared storage and things along those lines. I can see a very... Uh, you know, interesting market there for Apple to bring to uh, bring to play here. Well, and I could even you could even see it marketed as like guaranteed one day replacement or something. It's like if you have this plan, you know, if you if your employees have have you know an issue with any machine, uh, bring it to the Apple Store and they leave with a working machine within you know four business hours or something. Where it's like you kind of that would be incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I will say that, you know, having taken a, a machine to Apple Arden Fair just the other day, um, repair times are quoted at 10 to 15 business days right now for just the average Apple Care customer. 
Um, and so, you know, things being longer than usual right now, uh, I, I would look to see that experience degrade if they have to reserve hardware for those kind of Apple Care, uh, you know, customers who are coming in from the enterprise. So I can see that being valuable. I also think that in order for it to be valuable to the really large enterprise, Apple's going to need to come up with an offering that doesn't imp- uh, hinge on Apple business essentials, too. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point because most most large businesses are not going to uh, – they can't. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. What is your next prediction? So I'm hopeful that this summer we get, you know, as Apple has continued to say, hey, look, declarative management is the way of the future. Um, we're investing primarily in Apple in Apple's new declarative device management model. Um, I'm hopeful that we get better predicates and policies this summer because right now the, the, the predicates that are available for applying policy. So that you can say, hey, look, I want to be able to make sure that only this policy gets applied to this version of macOS um, according to this state. Um, my hope is that that actual experience gets deeper and better and more payloads are are provided as part of their own experience instead of just being delivered as a standalone mobile configuration file. So I'm very hopeful that as declarative mo- uh, management grows in size, we get a better experience and a better management interface for that new experience. I'm really excited. I think that Apple did yeoman's work this last year to bring declarative device management enrollments to all of their platforms and enrollment types. Uh, and my hope is that we get to see more and better features out of declarative management starting this summer. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's one of those, again, every year declarative like takes steps forward and it, it's getting to the point where um going to be really impactful across the entire, you know, entire device lineup and they're really kind of taking care of that low hanging fruit. So yeah, I definitely hope to see that. Um, so my next one is VPP, the um, volume purchase program gets, which is an Apple business manager, Apple school manager, gets in-app purchase uh, adoption. So one of the challenges, and this this particularly affects education, so most businesses are not using apps that you know, only work with in-app purchase, but a lot of education apps still do. And there's really no way to deal with that today. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Apple will figure out a way at some point, um, and I, I'm guessing, I hope, hope to see this year, that um, school IT admins can can redeem in-app purchases and then assign those in-app purchases uh, to devices or managed managed Apple IDs. That sounds awesome, and you know it's a long requested feature for organizations to be able to do that kind of work uh, centrally. I think that there's going to need to be a focus on the workflow so that if you hit an in-app purchase you know, a barrier inside of an application that you can either request your admin approve it or, you know, uh, or admins can preload, you know, purchases of those individual packages. I'd love to see that. I think that there is, uh, you know, a huge number of apps that have incredible abilities that right now aren't handleable through the standard app store process. It'd be amazing to be able to get carrot weather subscriptions out to an entire field organization of, you know, uh, staff in the field. So that if you've got a set of delivery drivers for, say, fluid truck or somebody like that, you know, that you could deliver not just carrot weather, but the key apps, you know, the key subscriptions that go along with it so that they could have customized experiences uh, and local radar, hyper local weather. Um, and right now, that's just not possible in the App Store model. I'm really excited by the possibility of being able to manage that centrally. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. That is that is that has been a requested feature, gosh, at least for 
12 years. I mean, as long as we've been doing this. Uh, all right. So what is your next prediction? So my next prediction is that Apple continues to commit to this small to medium enterprise IT community through more training. We got some incredible training this past year. Brand new certifications, which were updated right at the end of the year for iOS 16 and Mac OS 13 Ventura. Um, my hope is that, you know, Apple will continue to invest in the people who support their products. And, you know, they uh, obviously had a, you know, a huge uh, contribution to the Mac Admins Foundation success last year. Uh, and we will be starting to, at, at the Mac Admins Foundation, distribute uh, scholarship codes for those exams uh, here in the next month. So we're really excited by the prospect of, uh, you know, Apple continuing to support the community of people who actually manage those devices in the field uh, so that, you know, we can have more, you know, more people who have the skill sets that we bring to bear every day so that more organizations can take advantage of these incredible devices inside their workspace every day. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, Businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Uh, I think that I mean I think Apple has started in a number of years kind of focusing on the um, people side of the Apple IT community and again um, you know supporting the Mac Admins Foundation uh, the, you know these kind of things I think are just fantastic because again ultimately people are the one that deploy the products you know uh, it's, it's it's a people business people use technology people buy technology people support it and you have to invest in the people just as much as you do the the things um so my last one that so i i gave you my list ahead of time but i've changed it um, <laughs> my last one so you've not heard this one uh this is a off the wall probably not going to happen but i think it should so i published an article that you, know, you and i recorded this on saturday and i published an article this morning um how apple could help IT admins with a huge remote work problem. Um, very big challenge for IT admins today is home internet connections. No insight into mm. what's happening. Like, hey, my Zoom's not working. Why? It's like, I mean, there's only so much they can tell on their end. It's like, do you have a Wi-Fi prop up? What Wi-Fi do you have? What router do you have? How far are it from you? What are you in an apartment that has 35 SSIDs broadcasting and they're all on two four? Like, they don't know. Now, on the flip side, we've got these iPhones that have 5G ultra wideband. All right. So, again, this is not totally worked out how this would work. A modern Apple airport replacement that has tie-ins to user enrollment that has MDM controls. And so how this would work, um, companies can say, hey, uh, you know, Bradley, uh, we're going to send you, you know, we're going to give you, uh, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll support any router, but we recommend you use Apple's and here's why, uh, here's a, here's uh, money to buy it. And again, maybe it does the mesh thing like Eero does all the things. Okay. And again, this assuming is in a world where like everybody has access to 5g ultra wideband. Um, uh, and what happens is, um, either like, again, maybe, maybe it's, maybe that's the primary, maybe that's the failover, but like, 
if when you sign into the new Apple airport with user enrollment, it creates a second SSID that is only for business, that only corporately owned devices can connect to, anything else is rejected. Uh, it provides like detailed logging and statistics about what's happening on the network back to the MDM portal. Um, it can then tie to an iPhone running uh, 5G ultra wideband uh, for a failover as well. And so if, if the user's home internet goes out, it immediately does a failover to the iPhone that's in the same room. Either again, you know, some sort of wire, you know, wireless connection. That's what actually what, what gave me this idea is Eero is actually doing this today. So if you have Eero, Eero Plus, Eero Secure Plus, you can use one of your um, your like iPhone's hotspot as a failover, an automatic failover, which is actually pretty ingenious that it does this. Um, you just leave that hotspot on, and if your internet goes out, the URL automatically jumps on to your iPhone and just keeps running its network. And so again, you, you what you do is you accomplish a few things here. A, employees um, get a great home Wi-Fi experience through Apple hardware, but mm-hmm. employers get to have a dedicated connection that's just like just just an SSID for business usage. Maybe it's even tied in with some sort of like VPN, iCloud private relay. Like, I don't know. Like there's a lot of I don't knows here, but again, sure. it does. And it, but again, it would allow. And then that SSID would have just give IT admins some more information about what's happening. Um, on the network. So did I explain that? Well, I know that was probably like, yeah, a no, I, I th- th- there's been long a class of uh, teleworker appliances that have been out there. Meraki has one it's called the Z3, I think is the current version. There used to be the old venerable Z1. And what it would do would be it would plug into whatever network you happen to have at the house, broadcast your company's office SSID and tunnel all your traffic back through the office, uh, you know, VPN. Uh, and they were incredibly useful devices for a very small number of devices because there's a lot of VPN overhead that has to go into, you know, the, the network traffic uh, piece of that. I definitely think that there is you know, a good solid option for, uh, you know, an Apple router. We've long wanted, you know, a- a- Apple to remake the airport. I mean, there's no question that for probably 15 years, from the from the release of the original airport through the end of its life in uh, God 2015, I think maybe earlier, um, it, it, time is escaping me. Uh, but those were incredible routers because they were dirt simple to set up. They were all private. You didn't have to work worry about anybody snooping on your network traffic except for your ISP. And you know there was a flexible functionality. They even supported 802.1x Wi-Fi, um, which is you know corporate secure. Uh, you know, uh, uh, radius credentials based Wi-Fi network uh, that you could deploy on your on your home network, which was amazing. So I love the idea of turning that into a device that can be managed with an MDM that can have reporting channels back into device management at that point. I mean, I, the zero trust environment that we're finding ourselves in today is certainly strengthened through things like ZTNA, where, where we get zero trust network access, where the device itself handles that, you know, kind of um, mesh ad hoc networking uh, back into the corporate backbone um, and can go from there. But what that ZTNA doesn't tell you is how good the local Wi-Fi is during that process and what other things are present on the local network. And those are the kind of things that I think sysadmins have kind of wanted to have, but have had no way to have any kind of visibility into. I'm sure there's a product manager uh, out there in the networking space who's like, oh, but I've got this device, but we never got it greenlit because the, the cellular network wasn't fast enough 
to cover this uh, to cover this kind of use case. So my hope is is that with the proliferation of five G uh, ultra wideband, and certainly here in Northern California and in my home area of DC. Um, you know, the, the service is good enough where you don't necessarily need a wireline service uh, to make that work, not to mention the advent of things like Starlink, although Starlink has uh, been suffering lately as uh, due to load um, as the uh, ground stations are overwhelmed. Uh, by the amount of traffic that comes through those environments. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of strength in this idea. I think there's a huge op- market opportunity. The question is where, whether or not Apple thinks that they want to do that or whether they want to build VR or whether they want to build a car. And I would yeah. encourage Apple to get back into the home networking environment. It's a hell of a lot more reasonable. The engineering problems are a lot more tightly known and they've got experience in that space. And I hope that they do come back to it. Yeah, I mean, you could even envision a world where it has 5G ultra wideband b- built in. Um, and then, like, companies, like, a- again, companies can, like, activate it and pay for it. And, you know, it's all tied to MDM. And, it, it, like, that's the, uh, and then IT man, you know, then, you know, people could still have their own home internet connections. And then, but then they have their business thing. Um, gosh, I don't know. Like, then again, you're like, okay, let's go back. To, let's get the airport express back. And then you go back, you plug that into a hotel and you're like, oh, we, I mean, like, because that was the dream of the airport express. Like, you, and then again, that's like I said at the beginning, time is a flat circle. We're just back at, you know, we're back to where we were because that's, a, that's always been the thing we hate about hotels is you hate the hotel Wi-Fi. Of course, a lot of it's gotten better in recent years. But if you had an Apple Airport Express that had 5G ultra wideband, you could get that to every, you know, employee that travels regularly. So, hey, when you're traveling, take this. This is your internet connection. You plug it up into any, any hotel. You don't even need a, a wireline, you know, ethernet connection. You just, you know, it's got, again, this this assumes we're in a, in a world where 5G ultra wideband is you know is is out there but like it's coming i mean it's it's it actually just got turned on in in my city of chattanooga like last month so it's coming so i don't know i think there's like strings to pull there with like with wi-fi with mdm and corporate connections and like siloed connections for employees only um there's a string to pull there the the question is you know again then you could even go to a world where like it's again like we talked about that's like built into some sort of like apple business essentials like subscription so it's like a hardware subscription that like comes with apple care a macbook air and 5g ultra wideband home wi-fi router like there's a whole package there that apple could sell and it's x number of dollars per month and it's like this whole turnkey remote work kit in a box Absolutely. And, you know, if there's a market for that, I definitely think that there are a lot of people that look at all the people who have traded in their, you know, random systems for an Eero because the Eero networks just work. I recently traded out my own Ubiquity APs for an Eero set of APs. Still using the Ubiquity router because I want that sensitivity and Eero just doesn't provide it. But their Wi-Fi experience, including their mesh networking, is above reproach. And I say that as somebody who's built large-scale Wi-Fi networks, I didn't think that I would like a mesh network. I'm getting a substantially better experience with uh, two wired nodes and a mesh node than I was getting with three wired nodes uh, in my previous environment. So, you know, Eero definitely has an incredible product. Um, you know, their Amazon backing gives them access to a lot more network um, than they've ever had before. It would be amazing to see them kind of, you know, build in cellular radios, make a deal with somebody like T-Mobile, AT&T, or Verizon in the States and make it work. 
Um, I definitely think that, you know, it, it would be preferable to me from a privacy and security perspective to have that be an Apple device. You know, here we are in, you know, 2023, we've got great Apple TVs that are powered by A15 chips that are, you know, overwhelmingly powered. There's no doubt in my mind that the A15 would make an incredible router. Um, and so, you know, having that ability to manage network traffic with a plum, handle the Wi-Fi needs of the organization and, you know, go to town from there with a, you know, solid Apple backed backbone. I, there's no question in my mind, Apple could do it if they felt like they had the focus. Yeah. The, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but like the new echoes that are out, the fifth generation echoes can now act as Eero repeaters. Yep. Um, and then what's cool is like, I've actually got, we've got a couple echoes in our kids' rooms because they like to do the stories on them. And, um, so I have an Eero Pro 6E network, uh, three nodes, all hardwired. And, um, what's cool is they're, they're, you know, it said, Hey, the zero is on the network. And it even said, we're not going to use this to rebroadcast because your signal is already so good. And they're like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then you're like, okay, what if Apple did this? Then every Apple TV, every HomePod mini is a potential repeater. Again, like all my Apple TVs are hardwired. So like, is it, is it then like this, you know, you could just like have this incredible, you, they have thread them. Like you could just have this like house that's like, has this like wall to wall Wi-Fi coverage. But honestly, adding a router that can, and then just upgrading everything else to be smarter. Uh, the Apple, like, you, you know, the, every, there's nothing in some ways in the Apple TV that should prevent it from being able to do that. Same with the HomePod Mini. I think it would just be a fantastic thing. But we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Here's to a great 2023 where that happens. It's true. True. Um, maybe we'll get lucky. All right. So, Tom, uh, <laughs> last question. Last question before I let you go. Uh, uh, what are you most excited about at Jump Cloud this year? I am most excited about, you know, uh, the work that we've been doing on our device management platform has been, you know, substantial. We doubled the number of policies available to end users in the second half of 2022. Um, We're going to, you know, keep focused laser-like on great user experiences for JumpCloud users, including, you know, hardware-backed credentials. Uh, You know, the secure enclave on macOS devices is an amazing source of security and, uh, you know, the ability to... uh, Place your identity in the hands of the secure enclave where it cannot be exported, where it uh, can be built from the ground up using only secured certificates that are, you know, uncrackable. Um, You know, the uh, possibilities that that allows us to do for device trust and for conditional access uh, to key company resources is going to be a huge story for us in 2023. And I can't wait to tell it to you. I can't wait to hear about it. Make sure uh, make sure you uh, keep us up to date, and we'll have you Always. back on the show uh, to when we talk about all the great news. So, uh, Tom, thanks for spending your Saturday with me. Um, we'll hopefully see some of these predictions come through. Maybe we'll maybe it'll be like a baseball uh, um, batting average. We get uh, you know three hundred about three hundred be all right. So I was going to uh, say I'd be happy with three hundred. So, of course, by the time this episode comes out, this episode comes out on Tuesday, Georgia is playing Monday night. So hopefully hopefully, when this episode comes out, the dogs are cele- celebrating back-to-back championships. And if they did lose to TCU, um, I'll, be, I'll be sad. But uh, I, you I know just what? hope it's a great game. We got two great games in the last round. I'm hoping that this one's just as good. I don't. I hope it's a blowout and it's over in the first quarter. I can't deal. I cannot deal with the stress of, of, of these games. It's, it's awful. Um, but they only you don't di- need a cardiac exam. You don't won't need a cardiac stress test if it's yeah, if it's, a, even, cannot, if it's I, a difficult game. It shouldn't matter. They wouldn't last year. It totally should not matter. But like it is. This is why college. Like this is why I feel like college football is just way better than the NFL. Because uh, part of it is the Falcons are terrible, and I'm a Falcons fan, and they're just they're just not good. Like they're there's like there's like sort of sort of good, like eight and eight good, like. 
might make the playoffs. And then there's like the Falcons good. And it's just like, I think me and you might could at sometimes, I think Madden could draft a better team at times. Um, they're just not good. <laughs> and he's but, dead. Um, uh, no, but... <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the game. Um, oh, okay. Like the, let, let the game do it. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, but the, again, the, the one thing we can all be happy about is Alabama's on the championship or Clemson. Nobody wants to there see that. There you go. Nobody wants to see that except for Bama fans and Clemson fans. My One of my great coworkers is a Clemson grad and I love giving him grief about it. But uh, uh, Sergi, if you're out there listening, sorry, pal, next year. Um, maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, good luck to everybody involved. I love I would love to see the Horned Frogs uh, pull it out. I'm not going to lie. I think that that would be amazing. If only because then a team that was called the Horned Frogs uh, comes out and comes out on top. If they weren't playing Georgia, I'd be right there with you. Uh, I can't. I can't. Uh, but anyways, uh, Tom, thanks for coming on the show. I'm going to put a link to the Mac Admins podcast. It is, uh, I don't see, I'm going to say this as someone that does a Mac podcast. It's the best Mac podcast on the market. If you only listen to one Mac podcast, uh, you should listen to it. But if you listen to two, thanks for listening to Apple at work. Uh, the Mac Admins just has, is just an incredible lineup of, of guests and, and knowledge and really just has the smartest people in the industry. Um, and then again, uh, we're, we're going to have a link to some of the jump cloud resources for apple um and again and follow uh, follow tom on uh, twitter and mastodon we'll have his handles in the in the show notes as well tom's a tom's a, a great follow if you're into mac stuff or um nationals been during baseball season yeah i was gonna say i don't think it's gonna be a good season for the nats but you know stranger no. things have happened you got your you got your world series like the brave so we can be they, happy for about go. 10 years so that's right uh, that's tom, right tom have a great week and we will talk to you again real soon thanks bradley see you next time